everyone, this is Anna and welcome to my podcast Sustainability Explored. This is the episode number three and today we are exploring and sharing um, the thoughts on corporate sustainability. While performing my research and doing my research for this episode, I decided to dig deeper into the notion of the corporate sustainability, what it is in reality, who has started to implement it in the world. And it looks like it has become a new norm. So let's, let's uh, go on a journey. Let me take you, so to say, by the hand and walk you through the concept of corporate sustainability. But before jumping straight into the jungle of, of it, of corporate sustainability, of the corporate world, I felt, it, I felt and I still feel it's very important to explain the buzzwords you will hear a lot uh, from now on or you have already heard previously. So to be on the same page, what is sustainable development and what does sustainability actually mean? And then specifically in the corporate sector. So the term sustainable development in its contemporary sense appeared in 1987 during the United Nations World Commission on Environment and Development, where the report called Our Common Future, also called as Brutland, also known as Brutland Report by the name of Norwegian Prime Minister at the time, Groharlen Brutland. So when the report Our Common Future was released, in short, sustainable development is a development that ensures that the use of resources and the environment today does not compromise their use in the future, according to the United Nations Environment Program definition. It is worth mentioning, nevertheless, that the idea of sustainable development originates from sustainable forest management. And this idea was developed in turn, was developed in Europe during the 17th and 18th centuries. It has first appeared in the essay of English gardener, writer and diarist John Evelyn. The essay was called Silva and was published in 1662. Just imagine the amount of time that has passed since the term sustainable development traveled from the forestry to the everyday life, and now we are speaking about even the corporate world. So 1662, today we are in 2018. Uh, yeah, impressive, immense and impressive um, development. So applied to the corporate sector, straight from the forest management, sustainability indicators represent the three-dimensional impact of the organization's activities. The first one being economy, the second one is people, and the third one is environment. The World Summit for Sustainable Development held in Johannesburg in, the, in South Africa in 2002 stated that sustainable development is built on the same three interdependent and mutually reinforcing pillars, economic development, social development, and environmental protection that must be established at local, national, regional, and then global levels. This established linkages among poverty alleviation, human rights, biodiversity, clean water and sanitation, renewable energy, and the sustainable use of natural resources. 
The balance between economic progress, social responsibility and environmental protection sometimes is also, it is also called a triple uh, result or a triple bottom line and can lead to a competitive advantage. So if we are looking at, at the three spheres of sustainability, we still remember we are talking about environmental, social and economic uh, circles, pillars that are merged together. And the in, on the intersections, if we take environmental and economic, we look into the energy efficiency, uh, incentives for use of natural resources. If we take only economic and social aspects, we are in the area of business ethics, fair trade, workers' rights, or even more into the social, inclined towards social uh, pillar. And if we are talking about, we are taking this intersection of social and environmental aspects, then we automatically transfer ourselves into environmental justice and natural resources stewardship, both locally and, and even globally. But if we merge all these three circles, all these three spheres, economy, um, social sector and environmental protection, then we are able to reach sustainability. Or, as I also say, and I like this term even, even more sometimes, so it suits better the, uh, the, the, the reality nowadays, resilience. So to me, sustainability all, is almost equal to resilience. We all know that the primary goal of any business is to make money and to be profitable. The business owners usually want to clearly understand what is the financial benefit of a sustainable implementation, sustainability implementation even in their organizations. These benefits can be quite substantial. Uh, down the road, further away in this episode, we will hear, I will explain a little bit uh, about the real-life modern-day examples of successful companies. And well, let me tell you that Again, while, while doing this research, while discovering and digging deeper, I was amazed. And, and this is the primary goal of speaking to you today, to share the amazement of what has already been done in the corporate sustainability sector. And to, at best, to inspire uh, someone, uh, doesn't matter, be it a CEO, middle management or a lower level worker, employee of any company to start implementing certain um, things, certain tricks uh, that would help advance the whole organization, the whole company uh, along the way towards sustainability. But for now, let's recall that the assessment of social, economic and environmental impacts uh, that we have discussed uh, in the previous episode, the episode number two, that was about, that was called why do companies integrate uh, environmental and social management systems. So let's recall of the, about the measures that organization undertakes and that are necessary for the adoption of effective operational and capital investment decisions that positively affect the goals of the organization as well, uh, as well as its various stakeholders. For the organization to become a leader in the sphere of sustainable development, it is crucial to 
uh, to remember to outline, first of all, the key aspects of corporate environmental sustainability. So what are these key aspects uh, are? So the clearly define, first of all, it's important to clearly state what sustainability is. The second step is to develop the process that will promote resilience and sustainability throughout the corporation, or we can also call it the roadmap. The third one, third step is to measure productivity based on sustainability. And ultimately, the fourth step is to link it with corporate financial performance or key performance indicators linked to the financial performance. For corporate sustainability to be efficient, useful and long term, it has to be representative, meaning scaled to the nature, volume of the organization's activities, products uh, produced, even though uh, products or um, services produced and integrated into day-to-day -day corporate activities, because we all know that whatever is not performed uh, systematically, whatever is done uh, a little bit here, a little bit there, doesn't have any substantial effect on the long term. If sustainability is seen only as an attempt to ensure effective public relations, it does not create long-term value. And this is something that's very important to remember. And we are, I always do insist on, in, in my work, do insist on always looking into long-term uh, relationships, into building long-term uh, value. On top of that, uh, if the organization implements sustainability uh, well, only as, their, as, as to please the stakeholders, it can even serve as a value destroyer. If the, on top of it, an organization's attempt to perform a shortcut, so not doing enough or just expecting quick results, these things are always felt by the community and stakeholders. And usually, they are not met favorably. Once again, let me emphasize the importance of what I think is the key to success. It's, it's full integration into business decisions. It is still, I understand it is still um, not clear what sustainability is in the corporate sector. Um, I promise to go into detail a little bit later. For now, we, we should know that fully integrating sustainability into the measurement, uh, even definition of this, uh, into the business decisions and even reporting, both internally and externally, of current and even future impacts of products, services, processes and activities is the key to success. So integration. Integration of corporate sustainability, of course, has its own roadmap and set of rules, um, which I have identified and I want to share them with you. But I'd like to call them, instead of, of staying in this very dry um, terms, rules, roadmap, let's call them principles. It sounds more elegant and, and noble, probably. And you will see down the road, this is how they are. So, nine principles of sustainability. The first one is being ethics. The company establishes, promotes, controls and maintains ethical standards and practices in relations with all stakeholders of the company. 
The second one is management. The company should manage its all resources, including human resources, uh, consistently and efficiently, recognizing the duty of corporate boards and managers to focus on the interests of all the stakeholders of the company. The third one is transparency. The company should ensure timely disclosure on its products, services and activities which allows stakeholders and normally would allow stakeholders to make informed decisions. The fourth one, business relations. The company engages in fair trade with suppliers, distributors and partners. The key word being here, fair trade. Number five, financial income. The company compensates capital providers for the competitive return on investment and protection of the company's assets. Number six, community involvement or economic development. The company develops mutually beneficial relationships with the community, especially if it's sensitive to the culture, context and community needs. Number seven, cost of products and services. The company respects the needs, wishes and rights of its customers and seeks to provide the best prices for goods and services. Number eight, Employment practice. The company participates in human resources management that promote personal and professional development, diversity and empowerment. Number nine, the last but not the least, especially knowing that we are on the we are listening to the podcast on sustainability. So number nine is environmental protection. The company normally should seek to protect the environment and promote sustainable development through its products, processes, services, and other activities. You have probably noticed that the first three principles were closely connected to the term stakeholders. The company should manage its stakeholders, the company should disclose information to its, to its stakeholders, in a timely manner, the company, stakeholders here, stakeholders here, there. Who are these mysterious stakeholders? A stakeholder is anyone who is interested in, impacted by, or voluntarily connected to your company. It can be an individual or a group of them, NGO or an association of NGOs or government even in any form. Employees, current and even potential clients. Knowing your stakeholders and their expectation is like winning a jackpot. They are very, these people and organizations, they are very important for you as, as a company or as, as a leader of the company in your journey towards sustainability and sustainable practices. They are at the same time your organization's drivers for change and its reasons to become better. Stakeholders help you answer the questions. Why and for whom? Always start with why. They also connect you to one of the three pillars of sustainable development. Remember, we mentioned, I have mentioned three. Economy, people, environment. So stakeholders, they connect you to the people pillar. Developing a relationship uh, or relationships with stakeholders, engaging them is necessary if the company wants to grow, progress, or even just to be up to date with the contemporary, contemporary world, with the modern world. 
Also, don't forget that your employees are also your company's stakeholders. Um, in an article that I used to prepare for this episode um, that inspired me in a way, a long time ago even, in an article on company's journey to sustainability, MIT lecturer Otto Scharmer mentions that a CEO of one of the Unilever Asian branches was surprised to see how the commitment to sustainability served to uplift employee morale. By becoming more sustainable, Unilever made employees feel part of a larger story and increased their engagement with the company overall. So you see, this one thing can be very mm, powerful in itself. You just do certain steps to, to become better in itself, I mean, you as your company, while also making some positive change, positive impact on the world. Uh, in terms of people, management, society, community engagement, as well as environmental protection. And this is what helps your employees to, to trust you, to see that you, are, uh, you have good intentions as a company. Uh, it makes them stay, it makes them committed, it makes them loyal. So this is one of the, I would say, hidden, um, hidden assets of sustainability that can be implemented in the corporate sector. Now let's move on to the components of corporate sustainability. As any complex structure, even though, uh, let me tell you, as a professional in this field, uh, someone who is always, um, um, uh, whose, whose sleeves are always rolled and I'm always doing it for the companies, it's not that complex. Sustainability, at least for me, it's, it's more fun than, than work. Um, but as, as any system, it has certain components. I have identified, based on my experience uh, in the real life, in, in the work um, milieu, in the work environment, I have identified two major uh, components of corporate sustainability. The first one is being leadership. As odd as it sounds, any company or organization is a mirror of its leaders' values, culture and approach. Therefore, the soft or informal components, such as organizational culture, leadership and people who work there or for the, for the organization, nurture a company's drive for sustainability. They are the fuel culture, leadership and people, they fuel, uh, they drive the company from inside. Everything is possible when the executives recognize the importance of corporate sustainability, social and environmental responsibility too. Companies with successful corporate sustainability story believe that it's very important to get people with appropriate mindset with appropriate approach into the decision-making roles. Okay, but who knows what is, the, what is the appropriate approach? Who defines the appropriality of, of the mindset? The CEOs of big corporations, some of them are part of the um, uh, giant green giants, they say they outline it into, let's make it happen. 
mentality. And this is exactly what I, I, I see. These are the people who are not afraid to get uh, into the mud, to roll their sleeves and work and achieve great results at the end. So let's make it happen. This is, you know, the, the informal um, definition of leadership. So leadership support in promoting sustainability, leadership of these let's make it happen people uh, in a company is of a great unprecedented importance. A highly productive top management achieves three main goals. They provide top strategic guidance to ensure the growth and prosperity of the company. They ensure corporate responsibility to stakeholders, including shareholders, employees, customers, suppliers, regulators, and the community. And they also ensure that the company manages a highly skilled team of executives. I think it was last time during the second episode that I mentioned that a good uh, environmental and social management system is run by a set of people, a group of people that are dedicated, committed and appropriately trained. So this is also one of the uh, top executives role to supply their organization with people of high quality of not only professional wise, but also human and personality wise. So the first um, component is leadership. What can be the second one? Rarely a company takes this aspect in the account when thinking about sustainability implementation. This is reputation. Reputation of the company partially depends on its reputation among stakeholders. Um, and the thoughts of stakeholders are based on their perception and expectations of what companies do or a company does. It is um, rarely, as I have said, taken into account and in vain so, because this is again a very informal uh, component uh, and many executives think they cannot influence, they cannot manage reputation, they are not responsible for anything that is happening in the perception of other people's mind or the stakeholders mind. Now we can include uh, everyone into this big bubble of stakeholders now that we know what it means. But in fact they can do and implementing sustainability in the company is also playing on this on this cord of reputation. So I would place it as not only as a component, but on top of it as, a, as, a, as an asset of the sustainability in the corporate world. The perception that I have mentioned of stakeholders is usually based on six pillars. Emotional attractiveness, so be nice with your products and services to others, to the stakeholders. Uh, products and services, vision and leadership, working environment, social and environmental responsibility. And you see, this is the fifth uh, pillar, the fifth element. But uh, anyway, the list is not in chronological order or in the order of uh, importance. But the social and environmental responsibility is here. And the last one is financial indicators. Uh, of course, for certain stakeholders like investors, that would be very important. 
But the society nowadays, according to the variety of researches by Deloitte uh, and other companies, uh, meant to independently assess um, customers' perceptions, customers' views, social and environmental responsibility of the company becomes of strong importance more and more day to day. So wanted or not, the stakeholders do play a visible and invisible roles. And they do estimate your company by what you do in terms of your social and environmental concerns. And of course, of course, they want to see you are doing only the good things. We are coming to the juiciest part. So what do the companies do already in terms of corporate sustainability? A study described in the article I have probably mentioned in the episode number two, but I will mention it here again because this is just an amazing research done by Mark Epstein and his team, maybe not his team, by, but co-authors. So the study is called Implementing Sustainability, the Role of Leadership and Organizational Culture. The study was based on four companies, Nike, Procter & Gamble, The Home Depot, and Nissan North America. And it has showed that whenever an environmental or social issue becomes important to the customer or the public, it becomes important to the company too. And addressing it becomes a win-win situation. So you win in, in both or even more fields at the same time. Speaking of the economic component, Implementing sustainability reduces wastes and emissions, and that in turn saves both company costs and environmental damage. Why would you damage the environment and spend more if you can reduce it altogether or even avoid straight away? While implementing a set of clearly defined actions to improve sustainability in the first place. So using environmentally preferred materials, uh, may increase some manufacturing cost, but by reducing waste, the company decreases its cost. Coming to the examples. At Nike, for example, costs are reduced via considered design, a program to improve product sustainability by focusing on design. Check it out. You will find plenty of uh, interesting uh, steps um, Nike has integrated into this program. It's called considered uh, design. Procter & Gamble improves the efficiency of the entire product life cycle from cradle to grave. Nissan North America declares focus on energy usage reduction. And the companies notice certain market benefits this, that sustainability brings along. These benefits include increased sales due to the increased market demand. I would link it to the reputation too. Increased prices due to the improved quality and reputation. See, reputation again. You can increase prices if you provide with high quality um, product, but as well an added value, a care for the environment, a care for people. Reduced costs due to increased efficiency, improved productivity, reduced potential costs associated with environmental cleanup, um, internal control, ethics violation, as well as problems of employees and clients associated with lack of social sensitivity. I now would like to share the 
success stories. So all of this being said, we know that we need leadership in the company. We need to take care about our reputation. We also know that uh, another aspect, by the way, that just came, um, came up, I came up with, is brand recognition. Customers and the outside world will much faster recall the name of your organization if they link it to something they also care about. And the studies by Deloitte show that 70% of millennials do care about the environment and social protection and corporate social responsibility. So you're winning the hearts of, of much broader audience that you might think of at the beginning. So again, let's sum up. We know about the leadership, we know reputation, we know brand recognition. What else? In the purely um, economic terms, reduction of costs, improved quality, improved productivity, uh, reduced cost on the environmental cleanup. All this is worth remembering when taking decisions to, uh, to improve or even just establish. I know many of the, and I work with uh, several companies that already has started implementing sustainability in their workplaces. So now I want to share the success stories that are meant to to inspire uh, the change in those who listen, listen and those who want to do something. So General Electric was a pioneer in the corporate environmental expansion strategy, starting with their eco-imagination program in 2005. Imagine how long ago it was. IBM later, later, almost straight after the General Electric announced smarter planet after they recognized the potential of their expertise in information technology to contribute to sustainable development as well as social progress. Honda Motor uh, Corporation in 2011 created the Environmental Business Development Office under American Honda Motors. The office aim was to, quote, increase strategic coordination of environmental matters across organizational functions and looking across various product lines to propose new environmental products and business strategies. In 2013, this is probably one of my um, most favorite examples and this one resonates with me a lot, also because the company that I will mention now um, in a way, indirectly helped me with my master's study uh, on the climate impact of the electronic waste. So a company that is very dear to me too. In 2013, Hewlett Packard adopted the Hewlett Packard Living Progress Framework. And according to this, um, to the 2017 Hewlett Packard Living Progress Report, uh, this program embodies how Hewlett-Parker thinks about how they do business. This is a completely reframed, reshaped framework. Um, and one example of a product that came out of this um, Living Progress framework is the Hewlett-Packard's uh, Moonshoot server system. This server consumes 89%, 89, just imagine, less percent, uh, less energy than 
and uses 80% less space while costing 77% less than traditional server systems. That's the triple win. Another game-changing product that Hewlett-Packard developed in collaboration with Conservation International is the Hewlett-Packard Earth Insights. This solution uses Hewlett-Packard's access to big data to collect and deliver information about biodiversity loss in tropical forests. Not even to mention that tropical forests are Earth's lungs. Just imagine how cool and how creative this approach is. What I could never imagine that any um, laptop or computer or electronic manufacturer would, would even think to collect and deliver information about biodiversity loss in tropical forests using their uh, internal resources. This product, an, ear an early warning system for threatened species, provides data and rapid analytics of the trends and health of forests uh, and their inhabitants. So I think it's amazing, really. Um, another company, Adidas. Adidas' ambition is to be a sustainable company. This as simple as that, and they stated on their website uh, they have created a greener supply chain and targeted specific issues like dyeing and eliminating plastic bags. Nestlé took a major commitment in areas such as product life cycle, climate and water efficiency. Its uh, member, Nestlé, is now a member of the International Standard Organization on Water Footprint Working Group uh, and Waste, as well as packaging and product labeling. Some of the aforementioned companies like uh, General Electric, Nike and Unilever are among nine green giants, according to Fortune. I have already mentioned earlier today, earlier in this uh, episode, about green giants. So what are these? These guys are businesses with a billion US dollar or more in annual revenue that can be directly attributed to a product, service or line of business with sustainability or social good at its core. Which means they completely break the idea that to be sustainable you have to be poor or you cannot earn money with implemented sustainability or who cares about people and environment, we are here just to make money and be profitable. See, there are nine green giants with, let me emphasize again, with a billion, billion US dollar or more in annual revenue. And they are sustainable, they are green at, at their core. Their success proves that sustainability not only does not contradict with profits, but it is driving, it is a driving force for their business that generates value, a different kind of value, socially, environmentally, and economically. See, we're still rotating um, around the three pillars mentioned in the beginning, pillars of the sustainable development. These nine green giants, um, probably even more now, uh, some companies join year to year, but it, start, it has started with nine. They integrate sustainability as part of their business vision and mission. It is a part of every day uh, of every facet of their business, it is essentially the culture of the company. 
The sustainability strategy is what differ differentiates these companies from others. Not on a short-term plan, not as a one-time action, but with time, ideally, sustainability strategy becomes a business strategy. Sustainability issues were not considered serious at all back in the 1980s, and climate change was not something people considered as foreseeable threat to future generations. Nowadays, sustainability is clearly a trend. Um, we cannot disagree with that, but it, it is also a demand for businesses to be incorporated into their business model, especially if it's no longer a marginal or money-losing activity. How would you feel about implementing sustainability at your company? It is, I hope you can now see that it's not extremely complex, it's not um, extraordinary, um, it's minimalistic and even simplistic, and I'm sure your company can do it too. Time to think, how is your company doing? Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, I hope you heard at least something useful there. I hope you heard the takeaway messages that um, you will think about later. Uh, thank you again, and we'll hear... You'll hear me uh, in a week. Thank you.